This is the Scum and Snake Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. And Snake Judgment Day is approaching. Only two weeks left until playoffs? Wait a second. Isn't this the last week before playoffs? No, one one more, my friend. Because there's playoffs week 15. What is that all about? Because they added the week, remember? Wait, I thought playoffs were 14, 15, 16. 15, 16, 17. Do I have that messed up in Sneak League? Oh, boy. I sure hope so. And I don't have to worry about one more week. It's probably set up normally because there is, um, there's still bye weeks in week 14. Uh, yep, it's set up 15, 16, 17. Phew. So there's still a chance. For all sneaky guy to make playoffs in sneak leagues, what you're saying? Oh, of course. You gotta let me let's look at it. This is now, uh, this I'm is only one, I think. <laughs> this is this the is coming sneak fantasy football show about the LV sneak and LV dynasty and sneak league fantasy. <laughs> let's take a quick little look, see. Yeah, I think, uh, currently. So we've got two eight and four teams, two seven and five teams. I think those teams are pretty safe. We got two six and six, and then literally the rest of the league is at five and seven. So yeah, you're only a game back, and points will come into play because we're gonna have ties eventually. But you are still live, my friend. All right, that's all I needed to know. I lived to see another week. I was getting ready to pack it in. Your boy just needs to hold on to that buy though. That's what I need. Ugh. It's hilarious. Me and uh, who's inglorious? Me and Tony sitting at one and two and have like the fifth and sixth most points or something. Crazy. One, two, three, four, five. Like sixth and eighth most points. (laughs) Uh, I'm a winner. What can I say? Anyway, um, back to the other league. I guess. I don't know. No, let's just go to Nonsense Minute. <laughs> okay. Nonsense Minute. I was out grocery shopping today, Sneak, and the little bagger girl was just infuriating me. She was super slow. I had no sense of urgency. Totally bad employee, right? Ugh, right. Still can't get over it. But big shopping weekend, I'm sure, for a lot of our listeners. Black Friday, maybe a little Cyber Monday. So my question to you is, what is your biggest pet peeve when you're out shopping that other people do? Like what's the most annoying thing you see other customers or whatever do? Mm. I'll give you mine and it bugs me every single time, but it's when you're at a store with a self-checkout and the people in front of you act like they've never even seen a self-checkout machine in their lives. Like it's some new kind of invention. It's like they don't have touchscreen phones, they just don't know what's going on can't follow simple instructions and they just sit there forever trying to figure it out and they can't get their card and it's just the dumbest thing like you should be in and out of there at self-checkout in no more than like three minutes and i can't stand it when people do not do that i'm gonna stick with your uh self-checkout and it's not necessarily the shoppers but it's the workers that work the self-checkout stand whenever you something messes up on the screen and it says you need assistance and it just takes them forever 
to figure oh, out yeah. that you need help and you're standing there like you back away from the machine you kind of like halfway put your arm up and you kind of start looking around and you're like uh is someone gonna notice me i don't want to go make i don't want to go track anybody down and then the people behind you and then you have to look at them like well i don't know a, i'm trying to buy some alcohol you have to give them the you know the extra love excuse me excuse me and then they come over and they like type in 400 different passcodes like you're good to go well, you didn't oh even card God. me i look young why not why didn't you card me yeah anyway people tell us your pet peeves about shopping if any of you even shop maybe not big shoppers in our in our little league here brandon just shops from his own warehouse i'm thinking i think he doesn't have to shop from regular stores anymore and probably Jimbo seems to be in that same boat as well. He's just got his own private shopping uh, connections. Yeah, but Jimbo's private shopping is like name brands at least. Oh, Brandon well, his private shopping is like very specific, like vehicle things for his Bronco true, or true, like true. Uh, some very specific type of food in some exotic city. Like Salt Lake? When you guys were there, right? Yeah, like Salt Lake, the exotic uh, metropolis of Salt Lake City. Do you think Brandon's ever tried to sell Jimbo like a Bronco part made in China? Do you? Yeah, I think so. And do you think that Jimbo has ever bought anything I know, unbeknownst to him, from one of Brandon's conglomerates? I doubt Jimbo actually does buy from Brandon, but maybe he's bought from Wade. <laughs> Or maybe is Wade still in the in the in the auto shop business, or is he moved on to what's what's Wade's life about these days? Does anybody know? Good question, Wade. If you're listening, let us know. Let us know about your life. I will say so. this: Wade has proven himself to be a pretty savvy fantasy football player. I'm finally just—I don't know if I'm finally realizing, but it was a ramp up realization. He's good at fantasy football. He's his his team may not have been as good as it has been last year and this year. So we were wondering about his fantasy football prowess, you know, in the years prior. But he has assembled a great team with draft picks. And he when he makes a trade, if he makes a trade, it does always seem to slightly tilt in his favor. Uh, he knows, you know, like. Uh, you know, he, he went after players years ago. He stacked up his, his draft picks years ago to develop the team that he has now. And it's a really, obviously, it's an undefeated team sitting here in the second year in a row at the top of the standings. So, Wade, TT Showbiz, if you're listening, remember old sneaky guy, I'm saying that you, uh, you're a pretty good fantasy football player. I will give you that. You have surpassed my... And I think a lot of the league expectations in the last couple of years. Yeah, I think Wade's shown definitely that like um, we just scored again. But I think Wade has shown that like he he is a manager that is patient, and that yep, is great the, word the biggest piece. You know, he makes his picks. Oh, I call them offsides. He makes his picks, um, evaluates them makes one move here or there but has gotten you know like uh Tyreek Hill via trade um sat on Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts speaking back to the patients 
and that's the mm-hmm. stuff that's really benefited benefited him. Um, like he traded. Came, he, how long ago did he trade for Nick Chubb? Like three years now, and Nick Chubb's always been like good, but a lot of people have kind of viewed him as like a second tier ish type running back. And but he's he's super consistent. You know, in my, I have, you know, Chubb has always been someone in my brain. Like we've talked about how our brains fool us into thinking that the players aren't as good or whatever their stats are because of their team or they don't get as much media attention or whatever it may be. I fooled myself into thinking that Chubb isn't really that good, but he's so consistent that 25 basically points a game. And Wade's been sitting on that for at least the last two years. Uh, you know, good, like you said, good draft picks. Uh, very patient. And I think, you know, just to correlate to me, kind of what I've done recently, you know, in the last four or five years, I wasn't paid. I said, trade all my draft picks. I want to win now, I want to win now, I want to win now. And now I'm finally like, maybe I should just be a little patient. And I feel like it for me and then for you now with your rebuild and Tyler's rebuild, but he's got a lot of good young pieces and is looking like he's going to be in better shape with younger pieces next year. Maybe the wait and see patient route is what really builds a dynasty team. Maybe I'm looking down at it again. I mean, he, he hit on the Jalen Waddle pick. He hit on the CD lamb pick, uh, traded for Tyreek Hill, traded for Nick Chubb to your points, waited on his quarterbacks, like I mentioned. So yeah, it's um, the one bad move he's made in recent memory has been the Clyde for ETN move but you know we all have our misses and whiffs like so uh, overall he's still doing good stuff and I think again he's probably doing the same thing he made picks this year in Alec Pierce, Sky Moore and I know he's had offers for those guys and rather than like, like you were saying sell them now to maybe upgrade for this year he's declined those he's sitting on them We'll see if those pay off like the Waddle pick has, like the CD pick has. But, you know, again, he has the the wherewithal to not just, like, make a move for the sake of making a move like some mm-hmm. of us might have done in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. I'm, I have fell victim to that um, plan as well. What about this Deshaun Kaiser story? Did you read that? Hilarious. Aaron so Rogers funny is, is because goon, me... Dude. The whole point of this story was that because Aaron Rodgers has not been good this year and the Packers aren't good and all the crap that he's been going through the last couple of years, they're just the media, the sport, they're out there trying to find anything that they can to talk about Rodgers and maybe the reason why he's not, you know, committed and all that kind of stuff. But they just, they dug up Deshaun Kaiser when he played with Aaron Rodgers for like barely a year about some story about if he believed in 9-11. <laughs> what (laughs) like what lengths did these people have to go like who can we find that has had any sort of conversation in the facility in green bay with rogers oh yeah deshaun kaiser i think part of that i drafted deshaun kaiser and deshaun watson in the same draft in dynasty good good that was my deshaun draft a 50 50 on those picks (laughs) Yeah, it was like one of these Deshauns are going to hit. I remember like Sean Kaiser had like a decent game as a rookie uh, for the Browns, right? And it was like mm-hmm. based off rushing, but there was like, oh, okay, is he the guy for the Browns? And then obviously, clearly not because we'll never have a guy. But now yeah, they have Deshaun Watson. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it shocking how many teams 
that have gone through the search for the quarterback. And probably the number one is, is the Browns. Maybe, you know, Browns, forget, okay. I guess, forget about all the weird, crazy stuff about Watson. But if he turns out to be what he used to be, then they'll have a good quarterback for, you know, five years. But isn't it wild how many teams have gone through? Like there's been so many teams that have had one quarterback for like 40 years. And then there's been so many teams that have 40 quarterbacks in the same amount of time span. It's like, if you were running that team or an employee of that team in any level of decision-making, do you just go to work every day and just be like, boy, oh boy, we don't know what we're doing. It is. It's like, I wonder that when all these quarterbacks go in the first round, like a, like a Mitch Trubisky, right? Daniel mm-hmm. Jones, those guys went high when we all kind of knew they weren't high level, like, prospects right and like those guys are but daniel jones is fine trubisky's a backup and he's okay as that right but like you have to find a quarterback and these front offices are forced into just like taking a guy oh yeah who is the second or third best in the class even if the class is bad but like i don't there's so much pressure for that position it's funny because like they would be better off just getting another like left tackle or a defensive end that's going to like be good and just have a journeyman get Fitzpatrick go get Sam Darnold like they're going to be just as good as those rookies anyway might as well like build until you can find uh you know your Herbert or Burrow or Tua yeah same draft such a such a good point I think about that all the time I'm like really you had to go and draft this sub B C slash prospect just because the pressure of having quarterback is so insane when you could have had this star linebacker or defensive tackle or corner or, or lineman or another receiver or something like that. And then just been like, okay, well we're scouting our next quarterback, but he's not going to be around for five years. Like it's so funny when you think, when you watch these teams and how just for so long, they've been so bad. And then there's a couple of flashes like, I don't know. I guess you could say this year, let's just say Daniel Jones, for instance, like he only got drafted, right? Because he went to the Manning camp and had what, like a good one good year out of Duke or wherever he went to football, wherever he went to college. And then this is what his fifth year. He's finally like doing okay. Just because the giants are winning, he's not like crazy statistical, but now is that convincing the giants? that like, well, all right, well, he's going to be our quarterback. Now we're going to pay him a bunch of money, but is he really good? But then you have that that same argument of he's a middling type quarterback. Let's just let's pay him middling type money, build our team around where their team is, you know, defense is starting to get good. You know, some of their offensive weapons seem to be coming around, yada, yada. And then let's look to get who knows Arch Manning or whatever, you know, whoever the next guy is in the next four years. Like, I don't know. I don't know why we're rambling about this now, but one of our favorite things to do. Tuesday review day. We don't have anything else to do. Yeah, we just have to review these uh, that happened, and they were something. Well, I want to talk about the quarterback still just a little bit, just because. Yeah. Because, like, this year I think was one of the maybe few years where we saw teams be like, no, we're not going to reach for the quarterbacks. Like, we'll just wait. Mm -hmm. And maybe the next, like, two classes are are what made people do that, right? Like, whatever you think about Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, um, those guys are – better than the Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, uh, Matt Corral group that came out this year, right? So Gosh, like, well. what's the point of even drafting these guys? Yeah. Right. I mean, like Kenny Pickett is the only first-round quarterback. He's uh, – you don't like him. I, don't, I mean, I don't really like him either, but he's 
okay for a rookie, right? Like he hasn't been like lately. He's been a little better. He started off throwing like way too many picks, but it seems like he's maybe getting a feel for it. I don't know. I don't expect him to be the long-term Pittsburgh starter, but yeah, you had mocks. I remember like some people had Malik Willis in the first round and um, Sam Howell, like those guys were first round mocks just because they were quarterbacks in the class. And then we saw them fall to the third, fourth round. So I don't know if that is, like I said, is indicative of a change in the philosophy and like the pressure, like we've seen just too many fails with your Trubisky's again, uh, even your Zach Wilson's more recently, or, right. you know, do we go, do we go back to it next year? And Will Levis goes really early. Uh, I don't know if Hendon's going to come out anymore but he might've been another guy that a team reached for just because he's a quarterback and was having a good year at Tennessee, you know, uh, before he tore his ACL. So uh, all that to say, I need a quarterback in dynasty. I think that's how we related back. I think that's how we related back. And then if you really want to continue it, I have a a ton of quarterbacks in dynasty. Yeah. And I tried to get one, but no, no, well, I did have more than I, I, you know, Davis Mills seems to have lost his job to some degree, whatever, but uh, I still got four starting quarterbacks. So if anybody needs a quarterback, send, send a trade over. Yeah. And if you <laughs> trade for Tanny, make sure you come get his handcuffed Malik Willis. Yeah. You got to have them both. It's, it's literally <laughs> the law. All right. Let's, let's do this reviews day. Uh, we are rambling for sure, but um, easy one to go over. I lost to Chase a little closer than maybe people would have thought, but uh, you know, good for Gooch to get that seven and five record. Um, well, I think we'll talk more about all these playoff, you know, projections and everything tomorrow on the ranking show, but much needed win for him. Um, same can be said for Doug who beat Tyler again. And one that was probably closer than, he would have liked, but still pulled out that win against Big T. So um, same story in those two matchups. They had opponents that they should have beat, barely did, but again, sets them both up moving forward here in these last two weeks. Yeah. Gooch needed the win, got it. Uh, love to see that. It turned that three-week uh, winning streak. Love to see that. And uh, T, we were hoping he was going to get his first win from Doug. Uh, came up a little bit short, but he's showing some signs of life here at the end. So, yeah, I agree with uh, uh, that. And uh, it's always good to kind of talk about what some of these teams can do in the future. On the other end, uh, you know, differing from the bottom buddies, we had uh, all three of the top seeds win. Um, Eric beat Jim and, you know, Jim made his, plea to make the switch even though it was a, a ruse all in all but even if he would have played Miles Sanders I think uh, he still would have ended up losing to Eric and uh, Eric again stays in that buy spot so does Wade unfortunately the prediction we'd had for a couple weeks did not come to fruition you did not end up defeating uh, Gee Buttersnaps who we talked about a lot already today but his team showed up um, you guys, you know, had some injury stuff. Michael Carter left early. I think he was poised for a, a big game. Donovan Peoples-Jones, I, I, I jinxed him after talking about his long streak of decent games. So 
just uh, not your week, unfortunately. And I think now you can at least finally feel like, you know, you don't have to have the pressure to try and make playoffs anymore. <laughs> I think that's a big takeaway for you there. Yeah. And I basically scored all of my available points. I really only left uh, a little bit on the, on the table here would definitely not have made a difference. Uh, had, you know, decent games out of my guys, you know, decent. So, but when you're playing Wade, uh, you need miracles to happen and uh, did not get that uh, this week. Speaking of miracles, Brandon beat Jesse on the back of, I think, a pretty miraculous game from Josh Jacobs. 57 points and just on Yoish. a monster one, capped off by the overtime winning, what, like 80-yard touchdown run? So that's it's crazy. 14 points just on that one play. Jesse had a good week, put up 150. Looked like he was going to hang. And, again, if Brandon didn't have that monster game out of Jacobs, uh, he very well could have lost. So um, I know Jesse's been back and forth. He's been in the group chat talking about how he should have traded everyone away. He's still sitting in the sixth spot and has me this week. So we'll see what he does. Hesse remains the ultimate wild card in the league. But, you know, Brandon is fortunate to get the win and he needs it if he wants to still try and get in that second buy spot, you know, over the next two weeks. He'll need some help, but he, he did his part this past week. Yeah, Brendan's two other running backs uh, having pretty down weeks and, and Hesse having a down week from his probable number one receiver, Mike Evans, only getting four if he would have got a little more there. And, of course, if, like you said, if Josh Jacobs just gets <laughs> 40 points and maybe this thing looks looks a little <laughs> bit different. So, uh, But uh, that's what the winners do, and that's what the top dogs do is they uh, come through, and Brendan did so. And then our last matchup, yeah. Dayson did end up beating Ben. We, we said Ben was going to get back on the horse there. But Dayson pulled it out. Big games from Herbert. Um, and overcame a zero from, from Mooney, who left early. Mm -hmm. um, is, this the, is this the final nail in the coffin for Ben's season? We said he was probably having a lost one when he started off 0-4. He went on a little run. But now sitting at five and seven, um, you know, best case he can get to 500, but I don't know if that's going to be enough for him to be that final playoff team. Yeah, it won't be enough. His team is just at this point, extremely mediocre. I don't, you can't expect anyone on his team other than Taylor to have big boom weeks, 20 from Brady and, you know, eight to tens and that kind of thing from his receivers. Uh, he's just, uh, he's not going to be able to put, enough out there on the table to make a run sorry ben sorry oh wait ben, does, ben doesn't listen but if you were him do you try and sell cooper cup and Robin kamara in these last two weeks maybe cooper cup is not a um a help to any contender because he's probably gonna get shut down for the season but Kamara for a running back needing team, you know, maybe, even though he's been pretty bad the past couple of weeks, or does another rebuilder like you or I or someone say, I want to jump into it next year after I make my picks. Do I go get Cooper Cup now? And does Ben make that move? What do you, what do you think about those two guys in particular? Those ties in particular in Ben's team and, and that what he could possibly do. I say, no, I say he should hold on to those players 
they, uh, you know, Cup will be, if he's even held out the rest of the year, he will be fine and dandy next year. And you got to assume that something happens with that Saints team, whether it's a quarterback change, a coaching change, some sort of shakeup to where Kamara will get back to uh, who he normally is with getting tons of catches, tons of play, tons of touchdowns. So I would say if I was him, I would hold because even if he could trade to a team that's willing to do something, you might be able to get your hands on a 24, 25 first at this point. So what does that really doing for you? If you're really going to sock in for a multiple year rebuild, uh, I would say just hold at this point. Okay. Okay. Well, Ben, there's your phantom advice that you'll never hear. I think that's it. I don't, I feel like one, it's been a weird, not weird, but we had the holiday. We didn't do our normal breakup next week or last week. So I think that's all we're supposed to do besides Gilmore goons, of course. Oh yes. Gilmore goon. What was I watching last night? Uh, Rory and Dean are back together. Uh, that whole, uh, he cheated on his wife with Rory thing blew up and happened. Lorelai and Luke are now dating and in the throes of a really fun relationship. Uh, and Richard and Emily are separated by the pool. Uh, and Lane and Zach are looking to start dating. So a lot of dating going on, a lot of new relationships, couples forming, uh, romances blossoming within the last couple episodes of our favorite television show. Hmm. You know what those storylines make me think of? Let's see, Dean and Rory going back together after some controversy, after some bad decision making. Let's say that's like um, the reunion of Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins after he made the bad decision to use steroids. Um, you know, you'd think it'd be a good thing, and they've had some nice high moments, but with the losses, it's a bad outcome, just like Dean and Rory. Luke and Lorelai coming together, that's going to be like when we finally paired up and got official with uh, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. You know, you like Andy Reid and Alex Smith pairing. It worked fine, but really the peak was when you got Mahomes in there as, as the starter and that relationship ultimately led to many, many successes. Some bumps in the road too. You know, don't get us wrong there. We might hear about those soon, but major success overall. Emily and Richard separated. That is like when I got nothing for that one. <laughs> That's all then, right. The connection between Lane, fantasy football and Gilmore Girls is just the greatest thing. Wait, That's I, got, I got one more because Lane okay. and Zach is um, Young Hoku joining the Falcons. You know, parted from the Chargers. <laughs> That's your Dave Rogowski, but, you know, finally found your home in Atlanta. Finally found your home lane with Zach in a very good pairing there as well. Uh, the Asian connection is also rife. Oh, I didn't, is that, is that a thing? I didn't even notice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, good more goons. Love it. All right. Well, that's the show today, everybody. Lots of rambles, lots of fun talks. I thought I had fun with it anyway. Did it Love make it. any sense, Sneak? 
That's the makes beginning. perfect sense always and forever. Hope you guys enjoyed our little uh, fun conversation in the beginning. Uh, next or tomorrow, Wednesday, Tanker Rank Wednesday, we are closing in on the end of the fantasy football season and playoffs and sock in because it's getting cold out there, folks. Cool. Okay. Emily and Richard being separated by a pool is like how Antonio Brown and Tom Brady have been separated by a pool incident. But I think that they will also reconcile in the future, just like Richard and Emily. Oh, yeah. Did it. Did it. All right. Bye. again are you recording yeah yeah